I'm extremely excited tonight to, to speak with you. Even though you opened our conversation with, I don't like doing interviews. I consider this a conversation. It's not a. It's not an interview. I will be asking questions. Cool. Uh, but it's nice to meet you. The the yeah. It's nice to meet you. It's really cool. And thank you for reaching out. I really appreciate it. You're listening to Kent Selvis, a podcast about creativity, creatives, and their process. With your hosts, Hugh Elliott and Stephen Grambart. Do, do you know, you're easily, Fensler Films and, and the, and the G.I. Joe PSAs, which is, you know, the reason I'm reaching out mostly. Right, it, right. It's, such, it's from such a time, it's from a time in the, in the infancy of interactive and infancy of like digital media where that right. shit just didn't exist. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I know. 20 years ago, almost. 20 years ago. Coming and up. I mean, like t- 2023. So like two more years. Yeah, for YouTube, sure. You know, putting yeah. up videos and going like, well, I guess if you want to see this, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it's yeah, just it's crazy. Like that time. And I mean, like we, we were speaking earlier about G monk, like that time was like this crazy time of exploration just yeah just, it was just going yeah, for it totally i mean it was just uh no one really had a grasp on it quite yet they liked it you know i i think back um to um john um the creator of john k the creator of ren stimpy mm-hmm. i can't pronounce his last name john k Crick Falusi. Crick Falusi, thank you yeah. um he was he no one can remember this whenever i talk about it but he created a website called Icebox, yeah. um, which was animation all of his, studio. Yes. Yep. Well, his animation studio was Spumco, but he created this this thing called Icebox, where he would put up Spumco, his own like little shorts and things, especially like the Angry Grandpa guy, yep. and um, some other things. And I think he was, you know, planning on expanding a bit. And um, I I think back to that because that was kind of the inspiration of like, oh yeah, you can put you can put your own kind of original stuff up yeah. on, on the net. So yeah. um, that's cool that you know that too. That I, ever I bring that up, no, no one knows what I'm talking well, about. You know, it, it's a different era. I mean, like there's yeah. Joe, Joe cartoon was, was from that time with like a uh, yeah. hamster in a blender and yeah. uh, frog in a blender or whatever. And, and uh, home star runner was home a big star runner that the, 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 uh, yeah. the brothers chaps and, and um, yeah, I, there were a lot of animation studios that were launched based off of like testing shit out online. Yeah. Like you remember sure. Gary, oh, yeah. the rat, the Gary, the rat cartoon that was voiced by um, Kelsey Grammer that got picked up. Shit, I don't remember that. Bar, uh, Stripperella was a, a Barbarella takeoff that uh, was, oh, I don't even again, remember that. <laughs> I was a big fan of cartoons uh, that were online. It was one of those things I just couldn't get over. And so, let's let's bring it back to to you and 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 the gi joe psas what i I can kind of get it like it it to me is the precursor for bad lip reading you know like bad lip reading now is like it's a big thing you watch it and you go that's really funny but when Mm -hmm. you watch the gi joe psas people that aren't aware of them because i share them annually like it's like do you have you seen the gi joe psas and then they'll go go, well this this reminds me of bad lip reading and i'm like this is 18 years before bad lip reading existed 
So what, what, when you were looking at them, when you were looking at those, vi- like the, the GI Joe, the actual PSAs, and PSAs going, you know yeah. what? I could probably make this funny. Like what, what was, what was your inspiration behind that? I mean, what you just said, <laughs> I looked at it and I said, I could probably make this funny. <laughs> You just answer my question. Yeah. That's the worst. I'm the worst interviewer ever. No, no, that's good. You make it so easy for me. It's not I intentional. Mean, no, uh, to be honest with you, but yes, that is the answer. But that kind of, I, I guess we'll call it um, art making, was like based on um, like taking things and repurposing them. And I was really into that. I, I, in college, I took a, uh, a course called Experimental Video Art, which was run okay. by um, this video artist, uh, Jennifer uh, Reeder. And um, she introduced myself in the class to some really interesting stuff. One being like, I call like sort of the, the godfather of all this kind of art making is Bruce Connor, okay. who, um, who made this stuff, uh, would take old 16 millimeter footage and, you know, splice it up in all different, uh, different ways and, and, and making a, a new thing using other people's stuff. Mm. And there's some other examples of that. And so like, I always liked that. I always liked taking, you know, you know, old VHS, you know, tapes or whatever and, um, and, and re-editing it and making something new, either keeping the audio or replacing the audio. Right. I wish I had a lot of those old projects that I made in college and after college, you know, like, cause back in that day, I'd either dump it onto a VHS tape or like a DV tape. And right. like, I don't have a DV player anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do have a VHS tape, but the quality is so bad. I don't know. If I ever get around to it, I might digitize all that old stuff. But that wasn't the only project that I made that had kind of done that sort of, you know, taking something and repurposing it. When you look at that time and you like, it was, was this, you were still in college when you put those out? No, no. So I you was, were, um, you were, I was working at a post-production, I was working at a post-production, uh, suite in Chicago and I was, you know, making, I was making duplications for clients, you know, like they would say, Hey, we want 500, uh, duplication VHS tapes to take to this, like, you know, Gatorade convention, um, or whatever, or, um, editing like, um, you know, sizzle reels for, uh, industrial companies, you know, steel industrial like we would go to their factory and like film their factory and you know get a talent to talk about it and it was like stuff like that you know just like very um what's the word um i don't know uninspiring (laughs) yeah there you go (laughs) it was very uninspiring and just like this is not what i went to four years of college for you know to study but um it was some, it was the closest job that I could get to by using my skills, which was, you know, filming, editing and directing. And um, it was like, you know, in a path where I felt like, you know, at least I could stretch my muscle a bit, you know, and, yeah. and I got better at editing for doing that. Well, you this know? Is, yeah, this is what I was going to say, like out of all of that, regardless of the fact that maybe it wasn't all that interesting or inspiring to work on that kind of work experience really pays off in the end, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, because you're, you're basically learning all the rules so that you can break them. Well, yeah. well, and also it's, it's, it's almost like once, once skills become second nature, you can improve upon the content, 
right? Like, right. Oh yeah, for sure. As soon as you can start editing fast, you can start working faster. Yes. Does that sure. make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course. You know, did you happen to have a VHS of the PSAs and you just went, or you or were you recording them off of TV or oh, like how, Well, how? that was another plus of having this job is that I had all this pro video equipment. So like, and I don't know what it's like now, but back the way I found the GI Joes was at a, a Virgin Mega Store. Okay. They had like this like discount bin in the front where you could get like five dollar right. DVDs and like just the weirdest stuff would be in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, old VHS tapes, you know, discount CDs, you know, those type of bins. Yeah, yeah, they've got them at like you know. Uh, uh, now they have it at Suncoast, right? Drugstores. Yeah, drugstores yeah. or. Um, you know what I'm talking about. So, gas stations um, anywhere. Anywhere, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. gas stations is probably the best stuff to get. I can get some weird, <laughs> really weird stuff. Um, but yeah, I was looking through the bin, and there was the movie. And, and I'm old enough uh, to have seen the movie in the theater. Okay. Like, uh, I saw I saw Transformers the movie and G.I. Joe the movie in the theater. Right. And I remember really liking the, the movie because in the movie, um, Duke got shot. And if you ever watch the cartoons, there'd be full on laser battles, like red and blue lasers beep, 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 everywhere. Nobody no one, hit. Ever, no one. <laughs> it's like the A like, team. <laughs> yeah. Like no one ever got shot. Um, no one ever got hit. You know, if something exploded, they like ejected perfectly, you know, right. landed perfectly. Everyone was safe. So I thought that was interesting that the movie took, uh, I guess you could say took a risk and like finally right. someone got hit. So I was like, Oh, I want to, I want to rewatch this and see if I still like it. And fair, sure enough, I, I I thought it was trash. I was, it was just like, <laughs> I remember like, man, this movie's so bad. How did I really like this? But on that DVD was uh, 25 of the PSAs as extra supplement. Right. And that, that's the, what I geeked out on. I watched that and it just like totally took me back. Like, Oh man, I used to change the channel when that would, cause it'd come on after the episode I'm like, oh man, these things, man, this is so dumb. Right. But watching those, it took me back and just like the originals are funny, you know, like I was just watching. It's like, man, this, this guy just pops out of nowhere and these kids are chill. <laughs> like this guy. And I just, think that's like, what it is about. To, cause, exactly. cause you're not, you're not reinventing the animation. No, you're just like, no. Like there's a kid stumble upon a power thing and the guy comes out of a Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, they're all chill. They're like listening to him. You know what I mean? Like, you know, anytime like that really happened, the kids would just be like, like <laughs> they just like run away or be like, they run away or they yell they, they, or they start yeah. taping them or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> to get their phones out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Especially if so it was I a just... military guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So oh my God. I just was like laughing at him. So yeah. Um, so yeah, then I took the DVD and like, you have to like break, break the, um, whatever it's called, like the codec or like the, um, the lock. Right. I so had the equipment can... so that I could unlock it and get the actual footage off of there. So that was a plus mm-hmm. of like, um, working at a studio like that. Um, so I could unlock the footage and dump it onto my drive. Right. And um, anytime I had some downtime at work, I'd, I'd just fiddle around with it. But most of it was done like after hours, like, you know, late at night. You I'm, know, sure, we, I'm sure they won't get at you now for lost wages. <laughs> actually, <laughs> I was doing you're right. After hours. The companies, the companies <laughs> um, since 
been closed and yeah folded so i'm fine well they're probably not looking for you after that that's yeah man, no, that they're not looking for took me. hours from us we paid him good money no i busted my boss at that company so <laughs> um and so did you collaborate with anyone or was that all was yeah that all, oh just, yeah just you yeah so no oh for sure um uh you know Doug Lussenhop, are you familiar with his work? Nope. Oh, you should check out his stuff. He's a really good friend of mine. We both um, lived in Chicago. He worked there as well. He was like the head editor at where we worked. And um, the first thing we did was like put it on his computer and late at night, and I was just explaining the idea to him. Right. And the first one we worked on was the carnival one. And uh, that one, I did all the voices. I did the kid's voice and, and the G.I. Joe uh, voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we just, like, kind of messed around real quick. And it was super easy. I mean, um, I mean, basically, that's the one that just ends on a fart. You know, that was, that was an easy layup <laughs> joke. You know, you can, if you always end on a fart, you're going to get a laugh. Um, true, and so now, we now. were, we were, uh, we just messed around with that one one night and we were dying. We were laughing. We we're like, man, this is, fu- this is funny. Let's do another one. Um, so, uh, the second one, um, was the body massage one. And, um, my friend, Mike, uh, Mike Rodriguez, who was my roommate at the time, uh, came to pick me up. Cause uh, I remember it was like, um, he was, he worked downtown as a fire extinguisher, um, he would go around and check fire extinguishers. So he was downtown yeah. time. There's a huge blizzard storm and it was too dangerous to drive. I was like, just come over to work. We're, we're still locked in. I'm working on this thing. And I think you'd be <laughs> perfect for this voice that I want you to do. Cause he has a really good, like you can go low deep, with his voice. Like, voice, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I needed, I needed like, I needed a low voice for yeah. roadblock. Yeah. Um, and so um, he came over and we were doing takes and, we were just laughing and we were dying. <laughs> we must've worked on that thing until late in the night. And, um, and so, yeah, um, other people worked on it. Um, you know, a friend, Andy Guler, he did the voice for uh, pork chop sandwiches. Right. And right. he did the voice for, um, blow torch. It's like the one was like, you know, you wake up and the next day everybody's on fire. <laughs> um, that one. Um, and then, um, who else worked on them? Um, I'm kind of blanking a little bit. Um, I, I don't want. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't mean to make you like go through the cast. I. It was just yeah, one of those yeah. funny. You know, it's a funny thing because you think about how. Um, let me let me think of the right way to put this, but it was it was more like the fact I, I find it really gratifying to discover that the reason you were doing them was that you were cracking yourself up doing them. It wasn't oh, yeah. like that's, because, that's any project, right? Well, I, at least for you me, you think you think, but I, you know, I, I, like now as I watch content create, like the idea of people calling themselves content creators and YouTubers and TikTok and yeah, whatever, yeah. The, 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 it's the effort involved to, to make those things that always astounds me. It's, it's never, it doesn't ever seem fun. I don't, I don't see right. people enjoying themselves as much as I see them putting the effort in to pre- create a product. And Absolutely. I, yeah, I think that's what, yeah. I mean, you, you're, you're telling me that a buddy drove over in a blizzard to like lay down who wants a body massage. Like yeah. that just, well, he didn't know, but he, he's a dear friend. He'd do anything for me. But once he did that one, he was dying to do more. Cause he was just, he just thought it was so fun. We all, I mean, 
those things were so fun to work on. It was just nothing but a riot. Yeah. And listen, I don't, I want to shift here because you have an entire career that spans, you know, 20 years now or almost 20 years where you have done some pretty super some super cool stuff like i you know having having now gone and looked i'm like oh my god you know because it was one of the things when i you know how you you go that guy's got to be dead like it's not you know like i i I went i I don't even know how how to look up fensler films oh you can just look up fensler films you thought i was dead no 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 not it it, just it was one of those things where i don't know how to track anybody down i think of it as like like that guy is not going to be available he's not going to be a you know or or it's going to have been a group you know what i mean it's not going to be a right to to find out that this is a person that you were a person doing it and that that you've had this awesome career, like those old. Okay, so here's where we get into the Widen and Kennedy, the Old Spice stuff. Right. Um, <clears throat> you were able to take what amounted to shenanigans, making GI Joe PSAs, and right. you've made a career out of like having a really clever wit. Oh, thank you. That's really sweet of you to say. Uh, I mean, if <laughs> but the proof is in is in the writing, like the 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 stuff that I'm, the stuff that I watched. I'm like, oh my god, I remember that. The, like the these old spice ads, and oh, the guy's like, I just wanted to have, have my own. <laughs> I just wanted to have my own <laughs> stuff. You know, it's just it's just so funny. I can't get over it. So like, and and uh, and then also uh, <clears throat> the the make someday today campaign. Oh yeah. That's like the highlight. You know, I think about that and it's like, I'm, it's, uh, it's so surreal to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I sometimes think that that was my whole purpose of going to Wyden and Kennedy was that, right. That, that moment of being able to work on like my favorite, uh, baseball team. I grew up, I, I mean, I grew up watching that going to the stadium. My dad and I would go to games. Um, I mean, my family's diehard Chicago Cubs fan. Right. We're, we were born and raised on on the Sandberg era and um, Mark Grace, and then on to Sammy and 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 so forth. Um, and you know, I left Chicago right after the 2003 when we lost the Marlins to Steve Bartman era. Mm. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, yeah, no, that was crazy to work on that and to be a part of the world series from a fan and, and to see people rallying around my, my line and my work outside and inside the stadium, you know, holding up the towels and, 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 um, and rallying around it and then having, you know, someone putting one of those towels on Harvey's, uh, uh, Harry Carey's, um, grave after the win, uh, just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a, I, oh, that's so nice to hear. I'd like, like to think that a player, you know, like, you know, driving into the stadium saw that, you know, saw that because the whole purpose of that campaign was to change the message a little bit, you know, during the series. And um, I don't know if you remember, I mean, we were down 3-1. Mm-hmm. You know, the game, the, it was a wrap. You know, like we were, the Cubs were supposed to just be, you know, out. Right. But they rallied back, won three straight games, and and um, and won it. And uh, I'd like to think that maybe one of the players saw, you know, that campaign and 
put a little fire under their butt or oh, in their heart. I'm sure in, in, at the beginning of every game, they'd stood in the locker room and yelled, make someday today. <laughs> <laughs> well, Javi, Javi Baez, um, when we made that line um, and we're pitching it to Nike, Nike loved it so much. And they made a T-shirt right away and, and sent it to Baez. And mm. he wore the T-shirt in batting practice uh, the first day of the series. They oh, sent wow. him up sent a photo to me and I was like, I was just like, that is so cool. Amazing. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I geek out on that. I, I, that was such a trip and it was more rewarding to see my dad, you know, like see that and, and, and know he got so stoked, you know, saying that his son worked on that. I mean, it's just a fun thing for our whole family. I flew out to Chicago um, to go document it because I wanted to kind of see how it, in person see it. Yeah, and the impact the stadium. Of it. Yeah, the impact of it. And um, oh yeah, it was just crazy. It was nuts. It was so cool. What a cool project. And that, I'll and, never forget it. I'm, and I, I've been in advertising for a long time, and that that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. I was going to no. say it doesn't happen all the time, but it, it just doesn't. No. No, so, no, no, no. So Never, when you it, get to do a, a project like that, it like you're the way you're talking is it's I, I, the word that I comes to my mind. It's lovely to hear. Like it's it's yeah. just you know like you obviously were affected and are still affected by it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm so proud of it. Our, the whole team uh, was such an um, it was such a journey to make that work. Um, because uh, you just had a lot of red tape and, and, and as hard as Wrigley Field and that mm-hmm. organization can be sometimes. And, uh, you know, as a Cubs fan, I, I was worried because, like, let's put it this way. You put that work up and you, you lose the series. That It would be a good Wikipedia section, right, of, like, this <laughs> Nike ad – um, you know, mess this Nike ad messed it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Way to get it wasn't sent out of Chicago on a rail, eh? Right, right. So I was I was nervous, but I I, I wanted to do it. I I, I believed in it, and, mm-hmm. and I, I wanted I wanted to be a part of it, and I just uh, had faith and and w- and hope for the best. And yeah, um, yeah. luckily, yeah. Well, I mean, you you obviously have a have a a love for a good turn of phrase you know like it it it, based off of like watching these ads again like having seen them for the first time and not realizing your involvement and then watching them again and realizing that's all one person having written them you can you can definitely it's interesting it becomes a it's interesting to hearken it back to those original PSAs and the, the witty writing, you know, like there's a connection between all those things. I mean, okay, sure. I, I'll, you don't I'll think that. so? That's, I mean, yeah, no, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's the same person, but I, I mean, mean, it's hard for me to talk about myself. That's why I was saying before, like, I don't really don't like interviews. Like I, I don't know. I, I mean, yes, I guess you're right. It's coming from me. So yeah. Uh, I guess I don't know how it's, to describe it. I don't so mean hard. to. I don't mean to put you on the spot. It, it isn't like that. It, you know the, the the and and honestly, I'll probably come back to where and just edit all that <laughs> shit out. Um, uh, you know, but I, uh, I I often think about the things that formed. You know what makes really interesting and good work. It comes and usually it comes from 
a, a place of a, a genuine interest. It, it can't ever be disingenuous, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just write what I know. Yeah. Right. Like that's yeah. the old, yeah. You just go with what you know and what interests you at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just write what I know or what, I, you know, I write, I write what I'd like to see. I feel like there's a lot of things, a lot of things that I don't see. And I'm like, you know, like, um, and it doesn't always work. Cause I, I, I do like to take a lot of risk. I like to do, I like to do things that haven't really been done or try things that haven't been done to just kind of explore that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, like, uh, yeah. And I, I don't see that enough. I, w- I hopefully like I, I can keep doing that. It's getting harder, especially in advertising. I found a lot of examples of like, you know, if you really want to sell something, you got to show the client something that's already been made. Mm -hmm. Right. Or like, and then, but you run into this trap of you do that. And then it's not, it doesn't look like that or feel like that. It's like, what happened? Right. And it's like, well, we were, we, we got to the edit and, and uh, we want, we felt like this was stronger. We felt like this was different. We didn't want to, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm talking in circles, but no, 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 um, no. Listen, this is, this is a very true, it's a very true thing. You know, I've been involved in a lot of pitches where, you know, the creative, cause I'm, I'm a technologist. So like I'll, the creative will say, do you have any examples of what you've right. just told me? And I'll say, no, because it doesn't exist. Yeah, and then yeah, I'll have to, to I'll have to model something and and then yeah. show them. You know. Yeah, that's another thing too. It's like, um, is like people don't really, or at least what I'm finding is like people don't really want to read anything anymore. Hmm. The best the best bet is that um, you have the thing already made and then they just buy that. That's the yeah. best scenario. And that's spec work, and no one really should right. be doing spec work. No, exactly. And then another <laughs> tier below that is like you write something like a treatment short thing and then have a, like a mood board of like images of things that you want it to feel like. Yeah. And that, and then that, that can sometimes trap you too. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe more so in advertising than, than uh, filmmaking or, or um, storytelling. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult, it's a slippery slope of, of a weird fence, well, a line the, to walk on. You know, and, and the precedent was set long ago. It's, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, when you think about, even when you have the project already, you think about the three ideas you need to come to the client with, and they have to be right. distinct and individual so that when the client sees oh, it, yeah. they can make a decision off of three entirely different ideas. Like that, that the concept of, doing all of that work to have someone, you know, nickel and dime you down to one oh, idea. Oh man, dude. You know? Oh, I hate, I, I, that's the worst thing. Um, I'm going to better watch what I say. Here. <laughs> uh, I'm in advertising too. It's, it's okay. You know, here's the question I have then. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just nip that in the butt. No, but the question I have is from, from working this video production thing to, writing for advertising like what was that path oh okay well um i went to a call i went to college to study cinematography i i uh i grew up loving photography and um and and filming 
um, I'd, I'd film all my, I'd film skate videos for my buddies and I got right. really into that. And, um, I, I felt like I could be a cinematographer. And then, um, from there, um, I learned that, uh, especially living in Chicago, the camera, the camera world was pretty locked up. Mm. So it wasn't a lot of opportunity to film stuff or get your foot in the door for filming. Um, mm. You know, I could do some assistant stuff, but I and maybe, you know, assistant operator, but I couldn't really man the camera. Hmm. Um, but I could get into editing. There was so much need for editors, so that's how I got that post production job and, and working and, and getting into editing because um, I knew Adobe. I mean, I knew Avid, and I knew uh, which was now right. at the time what's now dead, but was born at the time when I started was Final Cut Pro. Final Cut Pro, yeah, and. Um, and I, I could use the I could use those easily. That's how I could get you know get myself in the door of making things and doing something that I enjoyed. Operate a camera here and there. Um, and then after four years, it kind of ran, ran its course for me. That's when I made the GI Joes, and those kind of just exploded. Right. And like people from all over the world were contacting. It was my first kind of experience of putting something out there. It's one of the earliest viral sensations like it's pretty crazy right? yeah 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 i know some people i mean i i say it as a joke but like i'm the inventor of the viral video but there's some people that kind of think that i think you i mean i i have a hard time thinking of what precedes that as being a, right. a, a viral Video All right, I'll situation. take it. I'm the inventor of the viral video. God damn, man. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are, Eric Fensler. Thank you um, very much. So uh, I was getting contact from a lot of just different things, but the most interesting one at the time was um, was Viacom, um, and I was a huge fan of Liquid Television. Okay. And um, they were trying to bring that back in some way or another. It was around 2004, and early 2004 and um uh my friend doug who um who i mentioned before he had moved out there and also my friend andy guler they, they were living out there and they were like just come out man get you've got this thing going you know it's firing like you got to strike while the iron's hot just get right. out here and start taking meetings and stuff and taking um, meetings so professional <laughs> i know right <laughs> just start taking so, meetings just start doing meetings, get out here and just start doing those meetings. So uh, I, I did the, I Eric did the meeting route, the phone. <laughs> but I didn't have a manager, which I probably should have done. So right. I was like, thought I was Bill Murray. Like I felt like I could just come in and own it. But, um, I think, um, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but, um, a lot of the projects that, that I was getting offered, which is basically repurposing stuff like, um, Viacom wanted me to go in their old library and look through old stuff and repurpose it and do that same exact thing. Oh. And I was like, uh, that that's, does not interest me whatsoever. Right. And but I you're funny. The, <laughs> right, 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 right. So like that's that just brutal. did not interest me. And I was a little bit worried that I would get like locked into that. And that's a, what a lot of the meetings were. It was like, um, I forget what other company contacted me. I don't know if it was Toonami or it was, it was someone, whoever owned like Rocky and Bullwinkle. Okay. Um, they had owned a lot of other um, IPs. Properties, yeah. Yeah. And they were like, do you, do you want to do the same treatment? I was like, I just like, that does not sound like um, any fun to me. Sorry. Like I just, yeah. 
Could you, oh my God, could you imagine if that, how bitter you would be right now? <laughs> if you, Me, if I you would, like, I, mean, I just think about, you know, it's, it's funny, but I, I really appreciate the fact that you went, that does not interest me. You know, I like, was like, I had, I had ideas for TV shows, but they, they didn't guess, want that, right? Like it's, they didn't want that. Yeah. They wanted what I it was already successful and hitting on all cylinders. Um, so, um, whatever. I, I just like, I turned everything down and, um, I was just uh, working at, as a director, you know, making music videos and, and getting like little side gigs on the side. Right. And then I moved to New York. LA was just getting a little bit, I don't know. I had been there for about a year and a half. Things just weren't clicking for me. So I thought I'd go and try New York and I had an opportunity to go move out there. So I hmm. took it. I went out there and uh, was doing some post-production gigs there and still like directing music videos and, and, and doing still directing stuff on the side, getting a little bit into writing, nothing really clicked. And then I got a job working for this ad agency out there, Droga 5, which um, had just started. I was friends with the lead um, executive producer that was working there. Um, Sally Ann Dale, and she got me a job as an in-house editor there. Okay. Um, they wanted me to edit their sizzle reels, edit their commercials, like basically do like a soft radio edit so that they can then take that edit, take it into like, you know, cutters or, or whatever, or Red House or, or whatever, and finish it and color correct it and really fine tune it. Right. I think, I think that really saved them a lot of money instead of sitting in an edit suite for a month or two weeks at a time working on an edit with you know, expensive edit house. So yep, for sure. um, they, they really trusted me. It was smart of them to have their own like in-house editor. And I ran the AV department there for about uh, two years. And that was sort of my introduction into advertising and okay. how that worked. And, and it got me kind of interested in the creative side of it. I worked on a couple of projects, but nothing really came to fruition. I really liked David Droga. I thought he was really smart. And I really liked the people that worked there, especially uh, this one creative director, art director, G. Lee, who is now working at Facebook. Him and I uh, really clicked. So yeah, I was working um, I, I was working at, uh, at Droga. And then the uh, 2008, the housing market like totally crashed. Right. And like, it was like the crazy crash, boom, everyone was getting laid off. And so um, I left New York. I was like, I, there's no way I can sustain living in New York during that time. Yep. So I went back to LA. I was working for uh, Tim and Eric Awesome Show as a writer on the side uh, on that for the, maybe the second year of Droga. Okay. Um, they, had, they had just finished Tom Goes to the Mayor. Tim and Eric and I had been working on some other like side projects at the time. We were always like developing and working on things. We did like this one cartoon for Comedy Central. We had worked on this one pitch, uh, funny enough, which was repurposing something called um, this old 70s Japanese show called Space Giants. Okay. The owner of that footage had approached them, or I don't know how it really worked, but they got a handle of this footage. Tim and Eric were like, do you want to repurpose this? And I was like, I don't know. But they repurposed this one segment and it was pretty funny. They sent it to me and it's like, come on, just do it. Like do the rest. Yeah. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll give it a shot. So I worked on that and we made a little pilot for the show and, and sci-fi was on board. They're like, yeah, we're going to, we totally want to make this. This is hilarious. That's awesome. So they go, they go back and uh, they're going to buy the footage off the guy that owns it. This one guy that owns like all of this um, space giants footage 
And the amount of money that he wanted for the footage was like basically the budget for the show. For the whole show. For the whole show. It was crazy amount of money and we could not talk him down. Brilliant. He was like, he thought that he was going to win, like that sci-fi would nudge and go, yeah, okay. But we were all like, dude, that number is way too high. You got to relax. <laughs> and he wouldn't. So nothing ever got made. That's but, amazing. Um, you know, what's, what's astounding about that story is, is just the lost opportunity for so many people because one person got greedy. Right. Oh yeah. And it's not, sure. it's, it's not even like greed to me is like, I'm not a good money person anyways, but like when it comes down to like unreasonable greed, is where I'm just like, um, I, I think it's pro- probably because I'm Canadian. <laughs> you know, the, the idea of like going, no, I want three times as much as you thought I was going to want, you know, like that. And, and, and to, to say that, like, if you were to say to me, like, well, that thing that you own that I need that you will make a lot of money off of will allow a lot of people to work. I would be like, oh, yeah, okay. I don't think he really got it. No, yeah, not ever. No. <laughs> I don't think I, uh, he thinks that by sitting on it, it's just going to appreciate in value. Which, yeah. It's uh, not wine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but that's, so that's, you, that's super cool. So, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of Tim and Eric because of, uh, Steve Brule, the Steve Brule nice. uh, stuff and, and some of their other, some of their other work, but it, it it's interesting that, that, when you, when you said Tim and Eric, I was like, oh, oh that's exciting. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so it's, a sh- the, it's a shame that opportunity didn't ha- pan out. I had been working on season one. Sent, um, you know, I'd go out to L.A. and we'd do writer sessions, and then I'd come back to New York and then continue at Drogo 5. But um, when I came back to L.A., it was just full on. I was there. So oh, I was wow. allowed to, like, dedicate more of my time to season two through season five to really um, – help flesh out and write bits and oh, um, amazing work, work on that show. So that was a really fun um, experience. And that's where I really got to kind of um, really stretch my writing and really sort of get rewarded in a sense, because those guys are so great at like, you know, nurturing and encouraging um, mm-hmm. ideas. And um, as, as many as ones they shot down, just as many as that they supported. Right. Um, and um it's and not much of a change, which was cool. I mean, you and I both work in advertising and the original idea, how, how drastically sometimes it can change yep. uh, to the final thing on that thing, on the final product. And it's so cool to see it like, wow, this thing came out exactly how I envisioned it. <laughs> Nothing really changed. And that's a testament to Tim and Eric and, and, and the crew that the production crew that worked on it. And also I think Lazo and, and Harrigan, which were the executive uh, guys at, at Adult Swim, right. who gave us the free reign to kind of do what we wanted, mm. which was uh, it was a really cool uh, working relationship on that show, um, and very rewarding. And, and, and so you you were there for did you say three years? But you, something you'd... like that, like two thousand and six, two thousand six, seven or something. No. Because you said 2008, so, you moved back, right? So. 2007 when is when the, the the we started writing, but then I think it released in 2008, and then went all the way to 2010. Okay, so it's about a little over around four years that we worked on five seasons. Wow, that's cool. 
Yeah, no, and absolutely productions worked on a lot of, we worked on a lot of different stuff like music videos and commercials. And, and now they've six, six, uh, since expanded on, you know, other shows like Nathan mm-hmm. for you and all, all these other shows, Eric Andre, and they produce a lot of stuff. Yeah. I love those guys. And, and so when, when Tim, those guys decided after five seasons, that was kind of like time to wrap it up, which I, I respect. I think, even in season five, I think we were kind of wondering like how long do you think we can take this? Right. And, and I think we were all kind of fans of like, you know, BBC channel four, you know, like where they would just make two seasons and that was it and move on to the next thing. Yeah. Like not really stretch it out crazy. Like we were always super fans of the British office. Like we just love like how tight that is and Mm. you can go back and watch it and still, you know, um, experience its richness and stuff. So I think I respected those guys to kind of pull the plug and do something else. And and I know that they wanted to go make a movie and, and, and do something different. So right. um, I went back to directing, doing commercial stuff. And I think I was on like a Malibu rum uh, shoot and Wyden and Kennedy just called me out of the blue. And um, it was funny, the recruiter, like the first thing she said is like, hi, I'm from Wyden and Kennedy. Do you want to move to Portland? Like there's no, there's no question. You want to work for us? No. How do you, you want to move to Portland? That? Yeah. You're going to move to Portland or what? I'm like, uh, wait, what? I just like, <laughs> wait, what do you mean? For what? <laughs> um, so we talked and, um, they offered to, uh, fly me out and meet the, uh, meet the people and meet the company and, tour around Portland and they were really smart about it. They, they flew me out like during the summer and it was just like, like Portland absolutely. Is nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was so beautiful. I couldn't believe how, how gorgeous it was. Um, yeah. and, um, yeah, I know I fell in love with, uh, the people, um, that I met. I mean, they were so sweet. Everybody was so nice and encouraging and it just seemed like a really cool environment. And, and to be honest with you, like, I felt like I was just time to like, try something completely different. I, I love doing that. I, mm-hmm. I love, you know, stretching the muscles on, on some other things. I just said, yeah, let's give it a shot. And um, yeah. 10 years. Yeah, I worked there for 10 years. It was a really good experience. So we're 2021. And, and, and that is this the end of 10 years? So is this recent? Yeah, yeah. I got let go during the COVID, oh. uh, the COVID craze. Yeah. Um, a lot of clients, you know, their yeah. budgets were getting cut in half. Um, so they had to, um, they had to let some people go. And, and me being there for 10 years, I think it was time. So, yeah, yeah. That's tough. So, yeah. I'm sorry. No, to it's that. good. No, it was good. It was good. It was good for me. I, I needed to do something different. So, um, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that time that I got to do it. I, I got to work with some legends in, in advertising yeah. and, I, and I learned so much from them. So I feel very blessed. And, WK um, is a baller agency, man. Like that, that's, that's, that is a good thing to have on your resume for sure. Like that's, you know, obviously you are a, a big contributor to why it was such a cool place or why it is such a cool place, but you know, it's, it's so neat. It's so neat to hear you just be like, nope, that's okay. I'm good. I'm, you know, I know I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm surprised that I've worked there for 10 years. There are a lot of times I'd be there. And I'd be like, you still want me here? Like, <laughs> 
I'm a weirdo. <laughs> Cheers, man. <laughs> um, As I drink no, my no, water. It was great. And uh, from then till now, are you are, are you freelancing? Like, yeah, I've just been freelancing, working on like little tiny stuff here and there, mm-hmm. um, and and really actually just trying to concentrate on my own stuff. To be honest with you. Those 10 years, man, I like, I rarely got to really work on my own stuff and it kind of bummed me out, you know, Mm -hmm. like there was, I had so, I I have so many ideas that I wanted to do, but like I'd start something and then I just, you know, you know how it is. Like you get on, you get on a job and it's like, you got to devote it. You can't, I don't know. It just wouldn't uh, uh, leave me time to do my, I guess, side projects. Side projects are hard, especially that, you know, especially when it's something that you can't knock out in a, a day, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. The only side projects I really got to do during widen was like to make music and, and paint and draw. But like, I love to make films and, and um, make stuff, you know, video and film and, and tell stories that way. It's one of my favorite things to do, but right. Um, yeah, the time that you need to put into that type of stuff is very, it's a lot. Like you say, quick stuff like music and, and painting and drawing was only kind of escape or stuff where I could kind of express myself um, mm-hmm. in other ways. Cause you know, like it is an advertising you get, yeah. you work all day, you know, and, and writing, you, you, you know, this too, like writing is exhausting. Yeah. I don't, it's like, it, it's not only mentally, but physically like, you get home and the last thing that you want to do is write a screenplay, <laughs> like, you know, start working on your own screenplay or whatever. Like, yeah, you just kind of either want to eat a bowl of spaghetti and watch a movie and relax and recharge for the next day. So yeah, 10 years of that, again, like I think that goes back to where I'm thankful that um, now I have this time to concentrate on my own stuff and work on my own stuff. And I feel very blessed. So what, what is, what's on the horizon then? What are you, what are you working on currently? Can well, you talk about I, it or are you? I sort of, <laughs> I can, I can, I can, I, I like sort of, sort of works for me. I'm working on, I guess you could say, uh, I don't even know if this isn't right anymore. Like, but it's still, people still call them that it's like a TV show, but I don't even know if they should be called TV shows anymore. Um, a show, just a, a show. show. I'm working yeah. on a show. Nice. Developing it and, and, and putting it into sort of pitch form um, right. and uh, kind of getting ready for things to clear. Like uh, anytime I've talked to production companies, you know, they're interested, but right now it's just like, well, how do you, how do you film anything? How do you have a crew? You know, like it's so expensive. It's such a risk right now. And on top of that, I, I feel for like, you know, the crew and the actors, you know, let's say in a perfect world, we did get on a shoot and started like, um, you know, making something. I can only imagine that it just feels like you're walking on eggshells, you know? Yeah. You know, every day is a weird day of like, uh, you know, just COVID too much test, tension. Like yeah, just, all just so shit. much tension. Yeah. And, and you see it, you know, I kind of see it in sports too. I see it in sports, like, oh, you yeah. know, Games just don't look right because, like the, they don't have the audience to like feed off of, and and the you know, engagement that yeah, they the athletes feel have. like they're in a YMC, uh, you know, they're at the YMCA, and yeah. they're just kind of yeah, it's it's weird, weird times. It's um, it's you know, it's it's interesting, a lot of a lot of that, but also 
film in general is is weird like he, he listened to that tom cruise rant you know saying like we're we're the reason people have jobs we're the reason you know that right you know when you when you think about the report was all about him yelling but not about the fact that they were making a film and trying to spearhead a safe return to filmmaking you know right. which is what nobody has right now nobody has a safe return to there's no normalcy right now no and i think that's one of the hardest parts about you know to say like oh i i'm i'm working on a show but i have zero concept of when i can work on that show in a real sense you know right yeah no absolutely yeah the question mark of of this year is or end last year is is hard it's getting harder to ignore you know oh um, yeah i mean everything is everything is a new day um mm -hmm. everything is a, a question mark and um but can i can i say like yeah. as, as a canadian and, and and watching what happened in the past year and and just the atrocious situation with with the pandemic response in the u.s particularly um, mm -hmm. To see, you know, Dr. Fauci get up yesterday and do a press conference and, and actually oh, be sm I didn't... smiling and happy and like, and, and saying. Interesting. I didn't see that. I, I, to be honest with you, I've been a little bit, I had to like uh, sort of deprogram myself a little bit. So disconnect from it. I've disconnected pretty hardcore, but no, keep going. I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt, but this no, is interesting. No, it, it's one of the interesting things because you can, there is a, a night and day to how this man who is in charge of the pandemic response it is behaving, you know? Right. I remember how he was when, when, um, when, uh, what's his name was in office. Mm -hmm. um, he just sat back and he, oh, he just, he, was, he just looked down a lot. Just, it, oh, yeah. just nervous. Just nervous. Just, like if I say the wrong shows. thing, I'll yeah. get, I'll get fired, you know? Yeah. And he's, no, you know, he said, good. I just had a, I just had a meeting with the president and he, he has assured me we are going to follow the science. He has assured, and he's just smiling and yeah, like the, yeah like, that's he, awesome. He, he's like, can you imagine a man who's dedicated his life to science serving under a president that has no interest in science right you know how hard that must have been for him and i'd like to like and that's just one person that one person who who yeah all of a sudden has the weapons at his disposal to actually make a difference for you the american people you know like i just there out of everything else in which i might feel not awesome you know this guy his his smile was just like oh my god you know <laughs> refreshing it was very refreshing, refreshing sure. very refreshing i you know you, i'll have to not, check that out i'll just see that you are not out of the woods in any sense america but uh you have a little light you know yeah we see the light at the end of the tunnel hopefully yeah um as far as um i i i, I i've truly enjoyed talking to you i, I don't mean to I, there's there's one of those things where I I kind of want to bring it back real quick to the the GI Joe thing. Yeah, if, whatever if, you want to talk about, if, man. If yeah, no. Do you have a, a favorite PSA? I mean, I guess you could say this about any work, but I feel like I can make them better now. Like, okay, I think they're... follow up. <laughs> have you thought about doing another one? Like, just just going like this is the 2020, this is the 2021. You know, 
PSA? So, no, yes and no. So, okay. like, I had this pro when I moved back to LA, or when I moved to LA the first time, I was in, I was working on a project that was kind of doing the same thing instead of it was more long form. Okay. I wanted to try to do this type of humor um, and see if it maybe worked sort of episodic. So like, um, I think a GI Joe cartoon was like 22 minutes long. So I was trying to do an episodic form kind of thing um, on the side when I first moved um, back. Uh, do you remember the old Spider-Man commercial from the 60s and 70s? The commercial or the cartoon? I'm oh, sorry, the old the cartoon. Sorry. Yeah, commercial. yeah, yeah. I do. Okay. I, I worked with the guy who was the voice of Spider-Man. No way. Paul Souls. Yeah. Holy cow. Okay. So, yeah, I, he signed my DVD, the no 67, way. the 67 collection. Yeah, That's he was also so the cool. voice of the elf from from Rudolph. Before I I, I left um, for LA, I digitized that whole collection. Oh, amazing! And um, I was working on, like, <clears throat> I was trying to make a full episode of that mm -hmm. called uh, "Totally Depressed Spider Man." <laughs> And I was, um, I was awesome. taking, I was taking all the footage of, um, of him swinging through all the buildings mm -hmm. because there's a lot of it. It was an episode of Spider-Man, uh, swinging around and you know, like he always talks to himself. Like there's no one around. He's just talking. Yeah. And it's him like this so, with the, just the mask. Yeah. Yeah. So I just did this whole episode of like, he got laid off from the daily bugle. Uh, JJ laid him off. Um, cause he just thought oh, like, JJ. he just, he just was like, you know, your photography's crap. Um, I've got a younger photographer that's better. So I'm just going to let you go. Right. And he gets really depressed and it's all about, you know, Peter Parker being depressed on whether like, what's he going to do? Should I just become Spider-Man full time? And I don't know if you ever read the comic books. Like yeah. there was a period of like where Spider-Man didn't want to be Spider-Man anymore. Yep. So the whole episode was about, you know, Spider-Man being totally depressed and like trying to find something else to do. And, um, and I, and, and because of what's going on right now, I pulled that project out and, um, it was a, um, it was an old, uh, final cut pro project and, uh, I couldn't open it up, but oh I had, Oh my some, God. I was like, how would you, <laughs> I had, you I had some old renders of some scenes that I did and I watched and I was kind of laughing. And so I dumped everything into my premiere and, um, I've just been messing around with it. And that's so awesome. that's uh, one project I've been working on, uh, just messing around with just by myself and, and, um, I don't know. Maybe I, I might put it out and get another cease and desist. I don't know. We'll have to see. Oh, he, it, um, yeah. I, uh, I, I think, um, like I was saying before, I think I've been sep. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, maybe I'll finish it by end of March. We'll see. Well, uh, you know, don't don't feel pressured on my. <laughs> on my no, it's <laughs> I think the funny thing is that you know. The, the concern early on on your part sounds like you were concerned about becoming derivative, right? Like, right, uh, right, right. And now, and now it's now like, I've been separated enough. It's like, I can do, yeah. I can try it again. Yeah. And the fact that I was able to revisit that old project and see some stuff and still laugh, I was like, all right, maybe there is something here. That is really um, funny. That's really funny. 
And I think that I think actually maybe it's better timing too because like maybe that's what we need to see right now is totally depressed Spider Man because we're all feeling that. I mean, yeah, funny to hear you say like oh. You know, this depressed Spider-Man. Maybe it's time to bring him out. <laughs> yeah, right? Maybe. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. I, I I have truly enjoyed this conversation. This has been this has been so good. Yeah, me too. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for hitting me up. This episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content in this episode is copyright Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. Questions or comments can be emailed to admin at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Music for the podcast is provided by Not Of. Find Not Of at notof.bandcamp.com. Opening and closing voiceover provided by jeffwright.ca. If you enjoyed this episode, a like in whatever platform you use goes a long way to helping the podcast get noticed. Thanks for listening and keep creating. G.I. Joe!